0: Listen to the ongoing struggles of Nicole and how she is managing her hair loss journey. Learn what approaches she implemented to get off thyroid medication, reverse her hair loss, and improve her overall well-being. Hello, thank you for listening to Thyroid Hair Loss Connection podcast, a science-based, honest, candid conversation about how your thyroid affects your hair you will learn practical solutions to hair growth, healing your thyroid, and balancing hormones with holistic nutrition approach and the latest treatments. Your hosts, me, Natalia Sanzo, a registered dietitian, aka Nashville thyroid expert, and Kimberly Vaughn, a board-certified trichologist, hair loss specialist, and coach. To stay up to date on the latest topics, make sure to subscribe to our channel. We also cannot do this without you. Send us a question to the link below and tune in each week for the answers. Now let's head to the show.
1: We are so fortunate to have a wonderful guest with us today. Nicole is joining us to share a little bit of information regarding her hair loss journey. And boy, oh boy, we have quite a few years to cover here, Nicole. So um, I'm going to give a a little brief information and introduction to our listeners. And then I'm going to turn some of this over to you because you've really had a long journey. and, And I'm proud to sit here and look at you and say that you look amazing right now. So evidently, whatever you've done, has worked. Um, But to start us off, I mean, back in 2009, you were actually diagnosed with your thyroid issue at that time. And then moving through the timeframe of having your two children, uh, the boys growing up in 2015, going through a divorce, seeing additional hair loss then, Moving on into 2019, oh my gosh, you know, one child graduating from high school, another one maybe moving out of the country, just so much going on. And so then we started to notice more of the alopecia and a lot of more aggressive hair loss at that point. Then moving into 2020, even more aggression, more hair loss. And so here we are at 2022, so... We're going to turn it over to you and tell us what in the world happened. I mean, what a crazy journey. From 2009 to 2020, you have been dealing with two different forms of hair loss. One, somewhat genetic, perhaps, but the main driver in all of this has been your alopecia areata.
2: Yes. uh, In 2009, I was diagnosed with alopecia um, areata. I went to the My uh, doctor, and she, I got some blood work, and she got the the labs back and proceeded to let me know that I had uh, an autoimmune disease, um, hypothyroid. Um, So she put me on Synthroid, and um, I had some small outbreaks for a while, and that was 2009. My kids were maybe eight and six. Mm.
1: Mm. Tell me, uh, and I'm going to ask Natalia to jump in here, but so- You said your first line of medication was Synthroid, right? Synthroid. Okay. Correct. What milligram? Uh, They
2: started me out at maybe 20 milligrams, and then I did some more blood work and moved up to 0.88. Okay. Or 0.20 to 0.88. And then I was there the whole time until a couple of months ago. Same dosage.
0: And thionthroid is one of the most common thyroid medication that is being prescribed in the United States, and it's very common for doctors to start you off. At, I think it's at twenty five uh, um, mcgs increments, but the fact that they kept you on such an, a much lower dose that you needed for 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 all these years, because we know that. Hashimoto's hypothyroidism is a progressive disease so we want to check our labs at least every 6 months and adjust our medication accordingly so maybe some the hair loss maybe you know it wasn't improving as much as it should have you know should have it's because your thyroid medication um dose was not optimal
2: mm-hmm.
0: so uh, take us
1: back a moment so then to connect the dots. So from around 2010, they moved you to 0. 0.88 MGs. Correct. And you stayed on that same dose until just a few months ago. July of this year. Did you continue to have blood work every six months? I did. Okay. And the levels seemed to stay normal. That's what they said every time I had my labs done. Okay, okay, great. Okay, so we're in 2010, and now what happens? Stayed at the same dose for a while. Um, some mild little,
2: uh, then I started to have some mild little spots of areata. That's when it was probably, let's see, I got on the medication in 2009. Actually, it was a couple of years later than that. But so from, let me go back. So from 2009 till about 2000, 16, I had some mild, very mild alopecia, like little bitty pea size spots. Um, Where were those? Where were those spots? uh, They were mainly in the back of my head, so I really didn't notice them for Mm -hmm. a while. Um, And... uh, I didn't really think much about it. I actually, I thought <laughs> I was. I'm all into oils, and I was putting a lot of like natural oils and smelling oils all over me. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm putting too much oil on my head because I really wasn't aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So then, let's see, about 2012 or 13, I kind of stayed safe, didn't have any spots for a while, and I had <laughs> only had two or three, nothing big. Um, and then in 2000. Fifteen, I got a divorce. Um, My kids were growing older. Two thousand, actually sixteen. My dad passed away. Mm. Um, So then I went into a little bit of a depression for a while. Um, And about a six, eight months, a couple of months later, Mm -hmm. I started back up with the with
1: the spots. Connection. So after about six to nine months then you started seeing the alopecia raise its head again and you started noticing the the balding spots. Yes. Were these still in the same area in the back or did they had they moved? They actually had moved to a more prominent place where one could notice it much more. Mm. So therefore, it became much more visible for you Correct. and much more acute because you could see it. It wasn't just a happenstance that you were just rubbing your head in some, some more great oils. I mean, they were there. Yes. When those spots occurred, tell, uh, tell our listener, did you see them or did you first see the hair loss in the shower or on your clothing or in a brush? I first noticed the aggressive hair loss in the shower. Okay, so you actually saw large chunks of hair that have fallen out in the shower when you were shampooing? Yes. Okay. Did you notice any tenderness or any pain at all in the top area where you had started to lose these spots? No, I did not notice any itching or any pain or anything like that. Okay, great. Good to know. Okay, super. I know I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry, no. keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Keep Good. going. Keep going. <laughs> so then after your divorce and then dad passed away, the, the balding areas started to show up more frequently. For how many months or years did you see these same balding areas in these areata spots after that? I'd normally get an outbreak, and then I would start to grow
2: back, um, and then when I was almost feeling really great about my hair, I would get another outbreak.
1: Mm-hmm. Were the So from when dad passed away, then were the outbreaks back always happening on the frontal area or in a more visible area, or were they still diffused throughout the entire scalp? They were kind of on the top of my head to the side
2: and um, on the top, in the front, and on the, so- on the right side of my head, mainly. Okay. What did you do? I mean, the, these were getting worse, so... <laughs> That's when I went to the... Derm- I, went, I said, oh, I need to call a dermatologist. So I went to the dermatologist, and she proceeded to inject with
1: steroids. When you went to the dermatologist, did you um, notice that they had injected the areas multiple times um, with the steroids while you were there? They would inject the smaller circles with one injection and then the
2: larger circles with two or three injections.
1: Okay. And did they inject each area that was balding?
2: They sure did.
1: Okay. Did they also go through and then kind of inspect the scalp to make sure that if you had any more of those areas in the back that they could get those? I always made sure I asked for them to check since I was a single woman and didn't
2: really have many
1: people to look at my scalp. So yes. <laughs> right. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Real important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Good. So then um, that was one session or one appointment. And then then did the, the areas start to grow back right after that injection? Uh, they did
2: start to grow back, but I, w- I did go back for another
1: round of injections. Great. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And that seemed to take care of the issue for you. I did see really great growth with the steroid injections that worked for me. Nicole, with those treatments, they obviously were successful. You mentioned earlier... How long would you notice that that one series of treatments would keep the hair there and allow you to then continue on with your normal life so that you didn't have additional hair loss? So when the spots would come back, how frequently did you see them? Were, was, was the noticeable loss in the areata happening every six months, every nine months, every 12 months, every few years? <clears throat> By that
2: point, after my major outbreak in 2019, which was my first major outbreak, um, I got the steroid injections, I think within a couple of months, my areas had grown back. I was areata free um, for about eight months. And then the beginning of 2020, maybe January, the end of January or something like that, um, I got my an even bigger breakout.
1: Okay. At this point, tell me about what was going on in your life. What were you doing um, to help with your thyroid disease, your Hashimoto's? It was that in great, you know shape? I mean, were you not having any other symptoms? How were you feeling? How were you emotionally? Were there any more stressors that were driving your life at that time?
2: I was feeling better than I had been feeling a couple of years before that, but I still wasn't myself. Uh, I wasn't that healthy. I wasn't exercising on the regular. I wasn't eating properly. Um, I was pretty emotional with my kids getting older and flying the nest, leaving, um, being alone. (laughs) <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, I think that had a lot. I think the stress, the emotional stress, had a lot to do with it. On top of the gut issues and the health issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, you bring up gut issues. So, did you? you were experiencing some gut problems and some intestinal issues with all of this. I was, and I noticed that at the in two
2: thousand twenty. I guess when I became more of aware, aware, uh, and taking care of myself, and that's when I really noticed what was going on in, internally which is Mm -hmm. half the battle, if not more. I've learned.
0: (laughs) Yes, and unfortunately, those three things, Hashimoto's, alopecia areata, and gut problems, they kind of all, those three things go hand in hand. And a lot of people with Hashimoto's develop um, alopecia areata. So when you're not addressing... If you're only addressing one thing, like alopecia areata, the treatments were successful, yes, but it kept reoccurring, right? Because you weren't addressing Hashimoto's and geogut health. And the fact that you were on the same thyroid uh, medication dosage for 10 years, it says a lot that even the doctors, even though the doctors told you that the, your no, no, your levels were normal, I can put money on it that they weren't because people come to me and I ask them, you know, my clients, I said, I need to see your full thyroid panel. And they call the doctor's office and the nurse says, Oh, no, no they're, they're fine. They're normal. And I always say, No, let me look at them because they're not optimal. They may be in the normal ranges, but they're not optimal to keep hair loss from happening or to stop hair loss. So yes, you unfortunately had those three things going for you, and you mentioned gut health, which we know that gut health, it affects hair loss. It can start the hair loss or exacerbate the symptoms. So um, eating the proper foods, right, and taking the right supplements is essential uh, when treating alopecia areata. And that's
2: what mm-hmm. I've come to learn, and I've, I'm i on supplements, I've gotten my labs done, I'm staying on top of that, exercising,
0: mm-hmm. meditating, <laughs> nutrient deficiencies, right? You you haven't mentioned that anyone tested for any kind of nutrient deficiencies. I mean, that's all that's what we do first thing when you get diagnosed with hypothyroidism because we know it's not just a thyroid disease. It's an autoimmune disease, right? And one autoimmune disease leads to another. Chances are you will develop another autoimmune disease with Hashimoto's is very high. So testing for nutrient deficiencies and addressing it early on, that's, you know, the first step we do we do in the fact that nobody tested you for so many years. It just tells us about, uh, you know, our conventional medicine system, how it's flawed, unfortunately.
1: So let's bring everybody up to current. So, Nicole, you became a client of HPIs, and speaking of nutrient deficiencies, we um, had started some epigenetic testing in trying to understand what truly was going on with your gut and your circulatory system and some of the other autoimmune factors that were kind of heavily weighing onto your system. At that time, we had also started you on some topical treatments. Bring us now to current of what happened and what you chose to do this last summer a few months ago. Well, a couple of months ago,
2: I took advantage of the hair follicle test, mm-hmm. um, which is something that hpi um, it does. It is an amazing test. It kind of spits out your gut health. Um, Metals, anything that's in your body, post-virus, virus, um, and it and it makes you understand the things that are working for your system and the things that are not working for your system. And so I've really followed those rules the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually about to retest. I think at the end of this month. So, um, and that tells me which supplements I
1: need, um, what I need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. What else though have you done? That actually I wasn't aware of until just a few months ago.
2: I got off all of my medication. I got off actually my antidepressants, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize that that someone had, that has something to do with hair loss, Mm -hmm. which I had no clue. And I had been on that for just about maybe the same amount of time, maybe a little bit less than the Synthroid. Um, Maybe that was 2011. So I got off my antidepressants, and
1: I also got off my Synthroid Mm -hmm. this summer. So that about two months ago? Yeah, end of of July. Okay, end of July. Um, So where are you today? How do you feel? How's your hair? How many areata spots have you had in the last uh, three months? I feel great. I feel amazing. Um, I'm exercising,
2: eating the right foods. Um, taking the right supplements, getting some rest. Um, I feel great. My hair feels great. I haven't had an outbreak probably in about six months, but it was a really, really small outbreak. It was two little bitty pea-sized spots. Mm -hmm. Still in the same
1: frontal area, though, right?
2: Uh, Or were they different? They were different. It was on the side. Okay. Right here on the right side, a little bit low, like halfway down.
1: So at least for you, they weren't glaring bald spots right in your part. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Much better than the other ones. For
2: sure. (laughs) Um, And my hair feels great. Um, I'm taking advantage of the products that HPI has—a a ther- a scalp therapy, cleansing the scalp, detoxifying the scalp. I do some scalp treatments mm-hmm. on myself um, to help cleanse, detoxify, stimulate the blood flow, just to really help. But my hair actually is the, be- the it feels the best, it looks the best. It has since even before I was
0: diagnosed with alopecia. Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You're such an inspiration. And I'm so glad that all those uh, approaches worked for you. But I do want to clarify something for our listeners, because they may hear you say that you got off the Synthroid medication and they, somebody may say, oh my God, this is going to be my goal. You know, I, I want to be, treat my disease naturally. I want to get off medication as well. But I want to clarify something for our listeners. Your case is very unique. You were diagnosed with hypothyroidism, but you were never diagnosed with Hashimoto's. So you may have had hypothyroidism for 10 years because of multiple uh, reasons. It's a stress-related, hormonal imbalance will do that. Um, that, That's why a lot of people, um, a lot of women that get pregnant, sometimes they have uh, gestational hypothyroidism because of hormonal imbalance. And then when they give birth, their hormones normalize and they no longer have hypothyroidism. In your case, what we don't know the reason why, right? We can't really pinpoint. Uh, maybe it was nutrient deficiency. So whatever you did during the last 10 years fixed the problem, right? You may have replenished your uh, vitamins and minerals, and you now, you no longer have hypothyroidism and you can safely get off your Synthroid thyroid medication. Now, for the majority of people, unfortunately, hypothyroidism is caused by Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease, and that's 98% of women with hypothyroidism have Hashimoto's, and we cannot get off the thyroid medication. No matter what, we do eat You know, supplements wise, no matter wishful thinking, nothing will work. So I just want to make sure our listeners understand if you need to have a a clear diagnosis. And then from, you know, if you have a diagnosis, you have a plan of action. So, but thank you for mentioning that. And, you know, this way we, our listeners can be aware.
1: Nicole, we are so thankful that you're with us today on this episode because you've shared so many wonderful tips And you've certainly been very vulnerable and shared your full story of how your life has has traveled over the last 15 years, really. And it's important for people to understand that hair loss is certainly a symptom. It's a cause. It is an issue that 80 million Americans deal with every single day. And you've been able to somewhat... Um, get yours under control because you've listened to your body you've taken care of yourself and you've been in control and so it's valuable information so listeners we're so glad you're here with us today Um, we're so thankful for Nicole and Natalia and we're just glad that you're here make sure that you always share your positive reviews on our website and our podcast we love having you here and we'll see you again soon